Since I started my career as a singer, I understood I could not live without it. I always like to say that I think that every single piece of my daily routine, my daily life, is based on music and rhythms. It's not only a passion, but I would say it's a vision. My name is Stefanos Coroneos, and I am the artistic director of Teatro Grattacielo and Camerata Bardi Vocal Academy in New York City. Today I'm here to talk about this passion, about opera, and about opera singers, and I could not do this without my dear Enzo Pizzimenti, founder and president of Camerata Bardi Vocal Academy and president of Teatro Grattacielo. Ciao Enzo and welcome. Ciao, buongiorno, buongiorno Calimera. Ah, parli anche greco, good for you. I'm learning, I'm learning. So this has been an incredible, an incredible journey that started in the beginning of uh, 2020. And Stefanos, I could not do, of course, without you. You are the center of this. So you are really the engine that really pushed me to the limit. And then I find out the limit extends even more than what I could handle. And you know that, you know that, and you keep on pushing. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's, it's rejuvenating. I feel like 35 years old. You know, this is a beautiful thing. It's a miracle that uh, we communicate so well with, uh, with you because we never really had uh, a business relationship, only artists to, uh, I would say, imprenditore, because you came to sing to Harrison Friends of the Opera many times with Maestro Coppola. So I knew you as a, a brilliant singer, but I never knew as a businessman, as a, an organizer, as a everything. So it's, it's great. Uh, I'm very happy about what we do. And so let's start with the basics. You are a business owner and an entrepreneur, but also a huge fan of the opera. So what do you think about uh, the state of the opera today? We know that opera was born 400 years ago during the Renaissance in Europe, in Italy, and it's a combination of vocal, orchestral music, drama, and of course, there is also the visual aspect. However, today it would be a mistake to consider it an Italian product. It is a medium, it is a way, in other words, to connect arts and artists around the world, communities, and people from different backgrounds. As I would say, the pandemic proved actually, and that's what exactly we did the last uh, couple of years. Why is opera and universal good for you, Enzo? Well, opera is, uh, to me, rep- it, it coincides with the Renaissance in Florence. I was always fascinated by the Renaissance after the Middle Ages, because there is a complete change in the way in the way people saw the arts and music in particular. So Renaissance to me, it's it's like the basic of thinking philosophically for life. A, a great admiration for the artists in those days that were nurtured by wonderful families like the Medici and the Bardi family, by the way, that that's where the name came from. So I see that we are building a new renaissance. And the idea is to build a new renaissance where people again will be confronted and they will listen to and they will have a chance to participate. And we develop new singers, new artists, and therefore we will do a great favor to us because we're going to feel good and to the world because it is meant for the world. The opera is a complete form of art. 
uh, they include fashion, includes architecture, includes singing, includes bel canto, includes everything, but it's meant to the world. And we are basically an extension of the original Camerata Bardi from the Bardi family. Uh, we are honored that we picked this name and we are here to serve the, the tremendous community worldwide that loves this form of art. I couldn't agree more with what you just stated. And uh, I want to I wanna say, I want to enhance exactly your, your, your statement and say that uh, opera is a great uh, form of art and it's something that's not inclusive or exclusive to a community or to a group, but is actually meant to be for everyone, even for the people who think that opera is just for an exclusive group. The challenge today, though, is that we know, and we know that, is how do we promote it? How do we go promoting this incredible art form? And uh, I want to say that at Camerata Bardi and Teatro Cartacello, we ask ourselves this question every day. And I think it's important to establish that today we value our singers and we value this uh, incredible art form. This takes me to another topic that I wanted to touch with you, is we have to admit that opera has been struggling. Opera had some incredible moments in the past decades, but also has been struggling to reach out a big amount, a bigger amount, let's say, of audience, of people. And um, at, some, at some point, uh, uh, there has been a lot of talk about uh, fresh air, about renewal. And I would like to ask you, how do you think education fits within the promotion of the opera within the world? It's a, it's a, it's a very deep, question, a very intelligent question, because uh, opera should start, should be part of the education process uh, of the curriculum of the schools. And I'm not talking about Italian schools, because Italians, they think, and I'm Italian, I'm also American, but thank God I have been in this country, so I had a chance to uh, basically see the world in a, in a different way. So I, see, I have both experiences. In Italy, everybody lives like is due to them, and therefore there is no need to do anything anymore. For 500 years, this has been good. Why bothering it? So we are the ones, they are the messengers, and you are Greek. So we we push for the same thing. As the Greeks came to Italy and the, the way of thinking and the philosophy and the Italians and the Greeks developed their own, we are trying to, to bring these messages to the people. And the only way to do this is through the educational system. People should talk more about history, about musical education, uh, about opera that represents, I mean, everybody in the world loves opera. This is like, I may not like spaghetti, I may not like uh, anchovies, and other people the same thing, but everybody likes opera in the world. It's, it's, a, it's a global thing. And uh, so from where we started and what we experienced is not what we expected. We did not expect then we have a worldwide audience of people that really love opera. And therefore, we had to start from the bottom. We had to start from the United States or the friends, associates in other countries to promote and push this message to the world. Okay, so so they can they can appreciate and they can see the health that is related also to the opera. You know, it's not only singing, it's just the exercise, the vocal exercise, everything included, it's history, as I said before. So educational is the only way to go. And then since some people already 
are educated, we can try to educate them more by having seminars, by having uh, promote schools, promote schools that promote opera. So it's a huge message that we are doing. But I'm encouraged because last year, at this time, we did not have anything like this. And now look where we are all over the world. We're going to continue. But next year, I don't know, we may have to look for the moon to look for audience (laughs) because everybody now is aware of Teatro Castellano and Camila Tabardi, at least in 29 countries from us, from our messages. So we're going to continue to spread the word. You know, I have always been fascinated. It fascinates me really to know how people got started in whatever they do. I have always been asking singers what prompts them and what pushed them to become opera singers. So here I am to ask you the same question. What prompted you to start Camerata Bardi Vocal Academy? What was that made you one day wake up and say, I want to create something new? I think it was from my health. <laughs> Psychologically, in my, my subconscious mind actually told me, hey, it's time for you to do something beautiful for yourself. And all my life I loved singing, uh, but I never really studied. I never had a musical education until 50 years old. And then I started getting into this. It's like a fever. Once you get into it, because I had one of the best singers that ever existed, and I found I had discovered new aspects of what I love. And I found out that since I had businesses that were 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year round, my, my mind was programmed to pressure, pressure, pressure. But with music, I found out it, it, it would give me a break in my mind. And I would think about art and culture, and art and culture. And I figured I want to do something about it. And Camerata Bardi always fascinated me because that's where opera was born. So I can visualize Vincenzo Galilei being a member of Camerata Bardi, going there to talk about music, and then his son, Galileo Galilei, who look what he did in the different aspect of science. It's like a curiosity of the past and uh, taking the best of the past and projecting to the future. And, and why people go to Italy to visit this art? Why they go to Italy to visit these statues? These, uh, because there's a lot of art in it. More than 50% of the world art is in there. I hope I was clear what you asked me. I hope I answered your question. Yes, you have. And thank you for that. And I think it's, it is the right moment right now to talk a little bit about what Camerata Bardi, Vocal Academy, Teatro Cartacello do. Uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, share with everybody who is listening that we are very proud. Uh, this year, Teatro Cartacello has, uh, has reached uh, a global audience. We have been, uh, our filmed version of uh, Umberto Giordano's Fedora, beautiful opera, has made it to a lot of film festivals around the world. And we have, uh, unlike other years that we used to do our typical concert version of a rare opera, this year, thanks to technology and thanks to filming, we have reached uh, uh, many, many, many countries. We will continue the same way while we are going back to what Teatro Catazzello used to be before pandemic. We will have our live performances at the LNC Theatre in New York. Uh, this year we are planning for not one performance, not one production, but two productions. Uh, we are doing our very first uh, production in Spanish, El Amor Brujo de Falla, in combination with some Piazzolla songs 
uh, stage Graciola songs because this year is the 100th anniversary of Astor Piazzolla, grand Argentinian master. And then we are also uh, presenting in a semi-staged form, Mascagni's L'Amico Fritz, a beautiful, beautiful opera. And it's, uh, it is exactly that shift that uh, has happened uh, during pandemic shift, I would say. It happened, uh, everything has been developed uh, during those very difficult months with everybody that we actually have been able to regenerate, renew and present the mission of Teatro Grattacielo under some uh, new eyes and some new direction, but without going away from what it has been for the last 27 years. Same with the Camerata Bardi Vocal Academy. We have developed uh, partnerships all around the world. Our very first co-production is about to happen in July in a very exciting festival in Greece where we are bringing 25 young singers from all over the world to debut in Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart e Domeneo. All pretty exciting, uh, pretty exciting for me and I'm, I'm sure pretty exciting for, for the team, for the Grattacielo and the Camerata Bardi team. Uh, what I would like um, for you now to tell us, uh, if you wish, is the short list of our goals. What are the goals of Camerata Bardi, Teatro Grattacielo, and yours personally? So, Stephanos, to answer your, your question, as you know, I have big dreams in a realistic way. I, I don't think human beings have no limits. Human beings, we have a brain that continues to grow if we make it grow. If we think about it, the brain grows. We Our goals should be extended. As soon as we reach one, we go to the next one. The goal that I'm thinking about is it's step-by-step, step, little goals to reach really the, the top of what, what I can think of, what I can imagine. Creating a global center for culture within Camerata Bardi, having with us so many wonderful professional singers, professional teachers from the best background that we can imagine. So we have no, we are in advantage to other academies, I think, because we know everybody in both worlds. So that's that's the goal. Teatro Grattacielo and Camerata Bardi together as a formula worked. And uh, all we had to do is extend it to a, a larger and global audience. This way, I think, is possible to do it. In a very short time, I would say short time meaning a few years. A few years we're going to get there. But right now we do everything we can to make it happen. Yes, I, 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 I totally, I totally can see what you, what you say. Can see your, your vision. Can you tell us a little bit of a short list of visions and goals for Teatro Grattacielo? Teatro Grattacielo historically has been doing very small operas, unknown very small operas, providing a great service to the world because. If no opera company does that in the world, and and Dwayne Prince, the the, the founder of Teatro Grattacielo, had the, the vision to do it, I think we provided a service to the world by providing work that was unknown. Okay, so there was a vision that she had. As the world expands, as we try to expand the purpose of Teatro Grattacielo, Verismo is only one of the aspects of Teatro Grattacielo, and then we include all the other 
historical areas of, of uh, opera, like uh, Romanticismo, we can go to any area. So we try to cover the best of what we, we can think about in the opera world. So this is this is the what I see about Teatro Gattacero doing, expanding the repertoire and pleasing, therefore, many tastes, many different people. Some people like Verismo, some people like other types of... Uh, so, so we try to please people by providing a variety of uh, operas from now on. That's what I'm thinking about. Of course, we already know that China is very interested in what we do. And we are planning uh, to be there and we have an audience in China. I'm looking also South Korea, Japan. I'm looking at Africa, a huge continent where opera has been neglected forever. And, and, and we are already there trying to push people to for alliances so we bring this to Africa to some some people that they don't know it so actually it's a global a global effort we need help and therefore we need the people they are saints that will help us financially to expand this people have to understand the music is a, a necessity for people not really a luxurious thing that that you have to buy you know it's a necessity it's a human necessity and music opera dance this is what that's what we all need for a better world is a bigger dream well we can do it in fact stephanos please you think your mind goes like crazy think about that we have artists from all continents in the productions that we can do probably in a year and prepare for if you think it's a good challenge then we do it we have a, a big job ahead of us, but we love what we're doing and uh, we want other people to get involved too. And we need funds. And I am, I always worked in my businesses. I never really ask anybody for anything. So what do you think is, since you are more into the, in the arts that I have been, uh, we can do to get the attention of potential sponsors for us? or donors, or people that love the arts and love to help other people? Thank you for this question. You know, uh, Enzo, that uh, fundraising is a very uh, fascinating uh, subject. It uh, fascinates me a lot. And it's something that I have touched uh, very lately in my life because um, my whole life I was just a singer. Uh, and uh, now I found myself since last year fundraising for an opera company in New York City. Fundraising can be done in a lot of ways. Every opera company, every arts organization within the United States has a lot of small donors, people who donate, who send a check or donate via PayPal or via credit cards, $50, $100, $200, $150, whatever. But then we have also corporate sponsorships and foundations. The biggest part of the money that goes to opera organizations specifically come from foundations who have dedicated their time and their resources to uh, help this this uh, these arts organizations so the process is a little bit uh, elaborated usually starts with prospects in other words we do the research and we find out every year which are these foundations which are these organizations who are willing to help opera companies and then we write those grants and uh, we present them and hopefully they get accepted and we get the grants same thing about corporate sponsorship and same thing which is also in, includes banks etc 
And the same thing goes a little bit also to uh, wealthier donors who have possibilities more than $100, 200 or $300. These wealthier patrons of the music are usually people, of the arts, I'm sorry, are usually people who love the art form, the art form of opera, or they love the idea of arts. Now, within Teatro Grattacielo, uh, from last year, and thanks, a big thanks to you two that you pushed us that way, we don't only present operas, but we combine also multimedia arts and um, interactive arts and um, live feed. So I want to say to everybody who is listening, if you are passionate about multimedia arts, if you are passionate about painting, if you are passionate about uh, live feed, consider the idea and the possibility of the two things, the classical music, the opera, combined with something so modern and something so New York, something so uh, unique. And maybe, maybe, if you consider donating to, I don't know, MoMA, maybe you should consider some of this money that you're about to, 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 to donate at a major uh, museum of a, or a, another art organization to donate it to a, a, an opera company who combines these two beautiful art, art forms together. And that's us. With that, I want to thank, first of all, Enzo for being with us, uh, for his dreams, for his visions, who has pushed all of us within the Teatro Grattacello and Camerata Bardi Vocal Academy team to do better and to dream bigger. Uh, because I, uh, and I want to say this publicly, I we needed somebody like Enzo with his energy and with his positivity and with his big dreams so that we can actually relate to that and dream bigger and better. Thank you, Enzo, for being with us. And hopefully I will get the opportunity to talk to you very, very soon in the future. Thank you, Stephanos. I'm sure we talk about 10 times a day, 4 a.m. until midnight every day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by podcastfarm.co, leader in business podcast productions.